By his own admission, Chris Mackey took his playing career for granted. The Fold House boss was a man of many clubs when he had the boots on. Chris told us about his hopes and aspirations for Fold House in the first part of his interview in episode 58. But this time we hear some Frank talking as he tells us about the massive regrets he has. There was the Christmas night fight which got him a move from shots and being motivated by a bottle of Moe. Chris looks back on his best day in football when he scored in the Scottish Junior Cup final for Clyde Bank. He tells us how he was convinced to play again after talks at a burger van and why he went from hero to a villain with no name at St Anthony's. Plus there's why Chris believes his experiences can help him help others not to go down the same path. All of that, plus news of a new club song in the West of Scotland League. It's all here as we go down the divisions. Good to have you along as we take a look at Scotland's lower leagues. Well, Paul, before we start, I think uh, we've got to talk about uh, your weekend's game at New Mains United. It sounded uh, pretty eventful. Uh, I think it's your latest pre-season game in the Breathing Space Cup. It was uh, certainly an eventful game, Gareth, and uh, full of incident and full of controversy, I suppose. The actual game did officially get abandoned. Uh, So for the benefit of the listeners, what had happened was we were 2-1 up against Les Mahego and one of our players passed the ball back to the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper come running out and fell over. It's the only way I could describe it. Stumbled first, then fell over. Landed on his arm, broke his, dislocated his, his elbow mm-hmm. and, and his broke or fractured his arm. Uh, he's going to be out for, for a long time. But he was lying on the pitch, couldn't move him. Uh, and the referee says, well, you know, we're going to need to get an ambulance. So the ambulance services said they were going to be two to three hours. At that point, for insurance purposes, you can't really touch him or, or you know, anything like that. And it was suggested to us by Les Mahigo, there was a, it was a pitch next to us that we could actually go and continue the game on that. But the referee at this point had actually blowed and abandoned the game. And I, and I said, listen, hindsight, hindsight's a great thing. I probably should have just said, no, that the game's abandoned. At this point, I've not got a goalkeeper either. But sorry, I've got a, I've got a young lad on the bench. So... The referee goes away and time goes out quick. It's probably maybe 20, 20 minutes past and they come back and says, listen, if you want to go and play it on the other pitch, then you can go and play it on the other pitch. So we we did. And Saturday night I was full of, you know, sitting thinking about this and we did. We went and played it on the other pitch and we ended up giving away two penalties and things just went from, from bad to worse. I then lose... A player through a groin injury who's probably now going to be out for two weeks. Uh, Chris McIntyre popped his calf. He's probably going to be out for a while. And at this point, I've already rung some changes. So it was a case of, you know, we were allowed to bring a guy back on. It was just a series of disaster. Whether it was the hanging around for the 20 minutes and then going straight back in and playing, uh, I don't know. But we've now got an injury list. I've now hunting about for a goalkeeper, which is so hard to get. Uh, and listen, I'll congratulate Les Mahigo. They, they, they went on and played well and, and, and got the points. And I'd also like to congratulate Belsall because they've now went on. We we had to kind of win on Saturday to keep us in, but uh, fair play, Belsall have, have won the cup. And uh, as you quite rightly said, it was very eventful, very eventful game. And how is your goalkeeper, Cami Farquhar, now? He, he, was, he was in hospital. He, I, I couldn't believe this. He was still in hospital two days later. Really? They were, yeah, they didn't know whether they were going to operate or not. Uh, they couldn't get the elbow back in, obviously because of the fracture as well. And then they had to put him under to to try and get up to try and get it all fixed. So he ended up in for I think it was two days, maybe three days, uh, for something that was you know he, he stumbled over his own you know over his own feet I suppose as he was running out. Uh, he's okay, but the, the side of the game that probably people at this at our level don't see is now Cammy's off work. Cammy's now not earning. He's a, he's an electrician. He's he's not earning, so he's obviously contemplating whether you know this is something that he, he maybe wants to continue doing because he can't afford really to be off work. Which uh, is a shame and and not what it should be about, really, isn't it? Uh, absolutely, and and to be honest, 
At, at best, I think he's going to be out for six months. You know, I, I think it's, it's as long as that. And he's a great keeper. He's, a, he's I'll be honest with you, Gareth. I think he's the best at our level. He is. He's been, and I, and I said it in, in the local press as well, he's probably one of the best signings that New Mains have made. He, he really is. And he's a, he's a cracking guy as well, Gareth. So, so yeah, wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, and we, we we go again this Saturday, but obviously finding a goalkeeper is mm-hmm. going to be a real, real struggle. Yeah, well, we obviously wish Cammy a speedy recovery, as you say. I guess if there's any uh, any budding goalkeepers out there, down the divisions at gmail.com is the place to contact us. Paul is on the hunt for a goalkeeper, so uh, so we'll, uh, we'll 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 be glad to hear from you if anybody uh, thinks they can fill what sound like well big gloves to fill. Massive gloves to fill, as I say. He's 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 a talented talented goalkeeper, and uh, I. We're going to miss him. A quick word for our sponsors, media agency 44 Creative. Not only do they have photographers, graphic designers, videographers, and video editors to help promote your content, brand, organization, or event, they now offer website services too. They make creation personal, and they'd love to hear from you. Find out more at www.44creativehq.com, and we'll include that link in the show's description on your podcast player too. Back to the show, and please do keep the comments and suggestions for guests coming. If you're a club in the lower leagues looking for more exposure, we'd also like to hear from you. Our email address, as we said earlier there, is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. Or you can contact us through Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. My name's Tommy Sloan, Ockenlet Talbot Manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. We'll hear the second part of our interview with Foldhouse boss Chris Mackey shortly. But before we do, we've got the Down the Divisions decider. We'll give you four clues for a particular club from League One down, then reveal the answer at the end of the show. Right, Paul, got an easy one for you this week. You're on your own, so I thought I'd make it a piece of cake this week, right? Right, OK. Right. Uh, I'll, say, I'll say cake. Maybe not quite a cake, as you'll see with the first clue. Um, right, so we're looking for the club. Uh, that uh, has had a major biscuit manufacturer as one of its biggest sponsors over the years. Right. Uh, their fans have several nicknames, one of which is the Shed Boys. Right. Uh, they moved ground in the 50s after their original home was bought by the Caterpillar Tractor Company. Right. You're looking puzzled, Paul. Mm-hmm. Keep going. And their current ground is named after their lawyer. Their, their, their original lawyer. Original lawyer. So is it somebody's name? The stadium is somebody's name? Well, I would say that, yes. Right. Hmm. And if you don't get this, Paul, I'll be stunned, to be honest. I've got... Hmm. You can have a think. You can have a think. We'll reveal all, right. all at the end of the show. Right, I need that. I need a good bit of time to think about that. <laughs> My name's Tommy Sloan, Ockenlet Talbot Manager. You're listening to Down the Divisions. Photos boss Chris Mackey joined us a few weeks ago and we heard all about the club and his hopes for this season. In the second part this week, Chris looks back on his much-travelled playing career and tells us some brilliant stories. Here it is. Foldhouse boss Chris Mackey is with us this week, right, Chris? We've uh, we've talked about things at Foldhouse there. Let's let's go back to the to your playing days. Uh, I joked uh, off air there that we could be here for six and a half hours if we went through every move uh, you've made. <laughs> I think what what I was looking, I think it was at least you might correct me here, at least sixteen moves as a player, maybe more. Do you know I lost track? I lost track. You you you've done the research, Gareth. You know better than I did. I lost track of the thing. Um, <laughs> Right, so there's a simple explanation for that. There was me, me being an idiot, right? Me being, me being an idiot, thinking, thinking I was probably a better player than I was. Um, taking, taking my football career as a player for granted. Um, not working hard enough. Not showing enough respect to people. Not showing enough respect to clubs. And and thinking that it, that it lasts forever. No, it doesn't. 
right? So um, that's really that's really what it was. That's really what it was in a nutshell. I spent the first I, I spent the first part of my career thinking I was a top player, thinking I'll get clubs, and thinking I'm always going to I was going to go right up through the divisions and right up into senior football and get move after move after move. Then then uh, stop working hard, stop working hard, and then. Every time I tried to come back, every time I signed to a club, um, realised realised that it was getting tougher and tougher, and threw the towel on a wee bit too many times. But see, see, see the see the first half, of, see the first half of my career, Gareth. All those moves were transfers. People don't understand that. I mean, the first, the first maybe, the first, the first maybe six or seven or eight clubs were transfers. They they were purchases from from clubs. It wasn't because it wasn't because I'd walked it in a club and I wanted a lot of them were transfers. I mean, there was there was quite a lot of money spent there on on those as I was younger. But um, listen, big regrets about my, my playing career. Massive regrets about my playing career. Take us on a wee bit. Take the listeners on a wee bit of a journey, Chris. So where, where he kind of started out, uh, and and probably right through the realization when you thought, do you know what? It's no went the way I've wanted, or you, you maybe talked about your attitude a wee bit. Maybe your attitude wasn't right. When was that? When was that kind of moment that you thought? Do, do you know what happened to me, Gareth? Do you know what happened to me? I went. See when I was sixteen. See when I was fifteen. I left school and I went in full time. And believe it or not, I had a couple of offers, but I went full time with Albion Rovers. We were a full time club at that point uh, under John McVeigh, and then my second season professional was under Peter Henderson. Um, which would have been, which would have been, give or take a year or two, ninety nine, two thousand. Now, I made that decision to go there because I had a great relationship with Jimmy Lindsay, um, who was head of youth at that point at the club. He was he was academy director almost. The, previously, before that, I'd come through Motherwell. I'd been in at Motherwell for for eleven, right up to I was fifteen, sixteen. But so what I'd done was, as I'd spent a couple of years full time. Done my YT and then went into the kind of first run about the first team. And then as I, as I touched on it years before, before off air, I had an offer when I left Albion Rovers to go junior or, or to try and keep chasing the senior dream. Now, I went to Kaluk Rovers. I'll tell you why I went to Kaluk Rovers. Kaluk Rovers offered me massive money. And I know this might sound crazy. At that time, Kaluk Rovers had two committees. They had a trust committee. And the footballing committee, the trust committee were signing guys. You'll probably know these guys called Mark Weir, Stuart right. Allen. These were right. these were financing three or four top players for the for the club, and and the rest of the guys were on twenty quid a week, right? But the, the money the, the money that they offered the money that they offered me right was fortunes, right? Can we offer? were playing in the bottom league of the juniors. My young Chris is 16 years of age, who his, his, his mother had fell pregnant at the time. I'm getting my first flat. And I'll be honest, I looked at the sign on for and went, this will buy me a Terry, this will buy me a washing machine, this will buy me a cooker, right? And I took the Kaluk Rovers deal. But you know what I done, Paul? Do you know what I done? My attitude was magnificent at this point, right? Do you know what I says to myself? I said, I'm going to get down here, right? And I'm going to score 40, 50 goals, right? Right? I'm going to spend a season down here, I'm going to take this money, I'm going to go back senior football, right? So I scored, I believe it or not, I scored about 40 odd goals in the first season, right? And I made a, I made a big impact, right? But what at the end of that season it was three or four, it was three or four senior clubs chasing me, right? But because Kaluk had given me massive money, I'd signed a two years contract, and the, and the senior clubs weren't prepared to pay money for me at this point because they're thinking he's playing in the bottom league of the juniors. No too sure. We wanted to make him in for pre-season. So I went to Gretna. I went down to Gretna, done pre-season, done at Gretna with Rowan Alexander, who was friendly with Whitey because they they had, they had a background with each other at Queen of the South, right? But they just weren't prepared to pay any money for me. So what I done was, I went back that pre-season, hammered in the goals through pre-season. In the League Cup section, you play, there used to be the League Cup section, remember? Yep. They played shots. Shorts were just about to go into the, the, the Premier League of the Juniors, right? So Shorts, this is what I'm saying, Shorts came in and offered Kaluk Rovers three and a half, four thousand quid. So, all of a sudden I can move. So I'm thinking straight away, right, okay, well, instead of going to the Seniors, I'll go to the top league in the Juniors, I'll bang goals in there, and then 
I'll get a move because they'll take me they'll take me more seriously. So I I had went I'd went to, to look to shots, bang goals in bang goals in, in the, the Premier League for shots. And I believe this is what happens, right? This is what happens, right? They're going at they're going at Christmas night out. They're going at Christmas night out, right? And and I've scored twenty goals by Christmas in the Premier League, the Premier League, the juniors. I, People, people, some people, some of your listeners will remember this and some won't because I went half of my career as a young, quick striker who banged goals in to the second half of my career on the foot and being a target man that just used to I can lumber about and didn't enjoy it, right? But so I go to Christmas and I'd scored, I'd banged in of 20 goals by Christmas, right? And I always remember the Christmas night, we were in the China Sea in Glasgow and Stan Murdoch was the manager that says to the big man, you'll need to renew this contract. I says, I'm not renewing any contract. I'll wait till the end of the season, I'm going senior. He says, so a couple of years later, I'm on the way home with, with my strike partner, Kevin Brown. Taxi, drunk, one o'clock in the morning, and the old Rangers Celtic New Year derby's in the corner, right? Because it's a Christmas night out. So us two, my, him, him being a massive Celtic fan, him being a massive Rangers, and me being a massive Rangers fan, giving it all this, 21-year-old, 22-year-old. So we ended up out the taxi in my car park outside my house, fighting each other, right? No, no. thinking, we're fighting. We figured into too much detail, right? We figured into too much detail. Just go into it, because we'll no tell the polls. <laughs> <laughs> I guess a phone call for the club, the club chairman, a couple of days later, saying, we're going to move you on. We're going to move you on, right? We've got we've X amount of offers, right, for you. Uh, you have to go and speak to Stenhouse Muir, and you have to go and speak to Alloa. Uh, we've had an offer from the both of them. So I thought, you're a dancer, right? You're a dancer. If this is what it takes to get a move, at the end of every, end of every club, I'm going for a scrap with my, my strike partner. So, uh, we, myself and my father, we, we went to speak to Campbell Money, who was a gaffer at Stenhouse Muir at the time. And I went up to speak to Alan Maitland at Alloa, which was a Thursday night. But Alan says, Chris, can you train? Because they, they had the striker, Graham Brown, at the time he was injured. And they were playing cow and beef on the Saturday. And they never striker. So he's obviously thinking, I want to sign this guy, but I need to see how fit he is because if I like him, I'm going to stick him in on Saturday. So I trained in the Thursday night, tied up the, the stuff with Shorts in the Friday, two clubs. And again, Alawa bought me bought me from Shorts for I think it was about two and a half, three grand. So I'm making my debut on the Saturday all of a sudden against Cowden Beef, uh, scored against Cowden Beef in for the rest of that, for the rest of that period at Alawa up until the next season, never really looked back. Scored quite, scored maybe 10, 15 goals between between the Christmas and the end of the season. The goals kept Alawa in the league because we were we were in it was the old Premier One, Two, and Three at that point. There wasn't a Championship. We were we were bottom at Division Two, going to go to Division Three, and uh, kept goal. The goals kept the club up. They had no strike, and the goals kept the club up. So. Um, Following season, we, we Alan Maitland added a lot. He added a lot. He brought in, he probably brought in five or six very good players into the club. Club backed him, to be fair. Um, and I was a bit concerned because after the season, I'd, I'd scored the goals to keep them up. And started the season on the bench, which I wasn't happy about. I mean, with that, believe it or no, mental stuff this night. Bear in mind, I've worked my ass off to get into this position. Mental stuff for us, right? So, we were playing Morton. We're playing Morton at home on a Wednesday night, I think. And he names me on the bench, didn't he? So, I walked, once he's done his team talk, him and we Wardy, they've stood up, went into their office and let the players uh, get ready. I've not got ready. I've stood up, walked into the boot room, grabbed my boots, jumped in my car, and went down the road and went, went, I'm not having this, right? But that's that's what I mean about decision making, right? I mean, disrespectful. That's the manager's decision. That if he doesn't want to play me that day, I need to, I'd lost the ability, right? I'd lost the, see the desire that I had when I was at Kaluton Shots? I'd lost that desire because I'd thought, I've arrived here. I'm, I've now got, I hadn't arrived. It was just starting for me, right? That's where the hard, that's where the real hard work, that's where I had to really start learning the game, right? Right? Now, I picked my boots up and went home. Massive argument. I never, 
I'm a mate I never phoned me for two days. Eventually spoke to me, says, get your ass in. I need to speak to you. I think this was run about this was run about start of December. I've got a deal to the end of the season. No, it was before that. It was before that. It was a couple of months before that. I've got a deal to the end of the season. And him and Ward they've got me in the chain and the, the, the manager's changing room. They're saying you're not kicking the ball for this club again. So you'd be as well just uh, pack it in. I said, I'm going nowhere. I've got a contract in the season. I'm going nowhere, right? So they they've um, they've then got me a they've then got me a move to Forfa. They've got me a loan move to Forfa. No. If my attitude was stinking driving an hour up the road to Alwa. <laughs> <laughs> how's your attitude? How's your attitude when you need to go to McDermott Park on Tuesday and Thursday night, right? In the snow, right? And then you've got to drive to Forfa for a home game and Breakin for an away game on a Saturday, right? <laughs> right. So I started off, made my debut against them Barton. Started off for eight fourth, I've done well, right? But but the bottomness and the I had I really still had it in for Maitland, right? And I said, you know what, right? I'm no staying at Forfa. Forfa wanted to sign me, right? Well, I'm no staying at Forfa. I'm going back to Alwa on the first of January, right? I'm going back here, right? So I says to Forfa, I'm going back to Alwa. Terminate my loan deal, I'm going back to Alwa, right? So I'm back to Alwa, first of December, first of January. The transfer window's open. Back there, first of January. Comes to the 29th of January. Wardy brings in a bottle of Moe champagne. Training between Christmas and New Year. Says to all the players, says to all the players, and bear in mind I'm in the stand for a month, right? I'm in the stand for a month. Says to all the players at training. And then he's all free lives, shouldn't draw at the end of training. Free lives, you miss, you lose a life. The one at the end wins a bottle of champagne, bottle of moist champagne, the case, and all that. So there, my motivation at this point kicks back in, doesn't it? <laughs> I've wronged it. No lost a life. It's been on for a year and a half. I shouldn't have no lost a life. I must have hit 30 shots, no miss, right? Grab the bottle of Moe. He says, where am I going next? He says to me, he says to me, Jim Chapman's on the phone for Dumbarton. Jim Chapman's on the phone for Dumbarton. You've got two days to do this deal or you're not kicking a ball for the rest of the season. And see, at that point, truth be told, right, I thought if I went back to Al on the 1st of uh, January, proved my attitude and uh, showed them that I wanted to be there, they would have given me a second chance. But but the decision was made. I think they'd moved on. I think they'd signed a couple of strikers and whatnot. And he just didn't fancy me anymore. So I worked that out. If I'm never going to... If I'm if, if, if hitting 30 shots and, and scoring 30 goals, right, and the 29th of January, he's not, uh, 29th of January, he's not going to keep the club nothing as, right? So... <laughs> Just, Chris, 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 can I just imagine how many goals you'd have scored if the manager had said there was a bottle of uh, Moe at the end of the game if you scored. Oh, and Terry on stuff, Gareth. Terry on stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So um, I, I went to Dumbarton, right? I went to Dumbarton under Jim Chapman. Jeremy Cabe was a manager a couple of months before, and he was interested in me. He spoke to me. He said, your deal's up at Alan, we'll take you. I was, living at Dumb- I was living in Dumbarton at the time, so this was a good move for me. But the problem that I had, right, as I, was, I hadn't played for, I'm talking now, I hadn't played for two months, right? Uh, I was, wasn't, I wasn't putting that in at training, I was overweight. And see, to be honest with you, I'd moved on in terms of, I'd moved on in my life in terms of, I had a good job at the time, I was about to open up my own business. Running up and down the country for a hundred quid a week just wasn't for me anymore, right? Um, so it fizzled out of Dumbarton, fizzled out of Dumbarton, and then, um, where did I go after that? I'll tell um, you, you went back to Alloa and then he went to Clydebank, no? Aye, so then then a, a new Budgie McGee had fancied me because if you remember, Clydebank's first season in the juniors, right, was my first season at Clydebank. Uh, no, sorry, can look. So Clydebank started the journey as I had started my junior journey. So in that season where I'd scored that 40-odd goals, Budgie had obviously cordoned onto that. And it kept his eye on me for a wee while. I hadn't played for a wee while. And he'd said to me, Chris, we're, Chris, we're, um, we've made the quarterfinals of the Scottish Cup. And I need a striker. I think if we bring you in, we might be able to get there. So I'd done a wee bit of training. I'd got myself uh, fit again. Made my debut, actually, in the quarterfinal against Peter Sill. Peter Sill um, scored, the, scored the first goal, I think. I think they beat them 2-1. I think I scored the first goal. Um, that might have been one though actually and then 
spent a bit of time, spent spent that the end of that season, played up to the, the Scottish Cup final. Uh, got myself really fit, guys. I was see for the Scottish Cup final again. Motivation. I'm 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 I know there's the Scottish Cup final coming in the season. We beat Pork in the semi final over a two legged affair, which nobody fancied us to do. Bear in mind, Clydebank were a first division super first club at that time, and Pork were a Premier Division club. Nobody fancied us over two legs. If, if we were going to beat them, it would have had to have been a uh, a one legged tie. But nobody fancied us. We I think we went to Pork. We went to Pork and won three two. First leg, we lost the second leg 1-0 and then we beat them in penalties um, which I scored the winning penalty and then went into the cup final. I, was, I genuinely was, I felt I felt as if I was flying at that point. Performed really well, performed really well in the Scottish Cup final. Um, you didn't just you didn't just perform well, I mean that was some goal. You, I mean I watched that goal this morning, I mean it was some move and some finish wasn't it? No, it, it was, as I say, I, Aye, that that will not really leave me. Cause see, see, it's a funny one, Clyde Bank, because back then the crowd was still emotionally. The, the the crowd was see the fans and they were still emotionally scarred to pieces from what had happened to the football club. So that was a big day. I remember turning up. I remember turning up to the town hall to go on the bus to get into rugby park that morning, maybe maybe ten or eleven o'clock in the morning, and the crowds were unbelievable. Um, the Clydebank fans were on. See at that point, I don't know. I've not been going for a wee while, right? For a few years actually, but they still had a lot of the, the hardcore fans. This would have been what eleven years ago, two thousand and nine. They still had a lot of. It's probably phased out a wee bit now, now that they became more accomplished to being a junior club. Back then, back then they were still better. They were only in the league, sir. Well, they, they, I think there was was it just over eight thousand fans at Rugby Park that day as well. Which kind of I know they wouldn't have all been Clydebank, but you know that just shows the kind oh, of following. Aye, there was. In fact, I can remember speaking to the groundsman at Rugby Park that day, and he said it was the biggest crowd apart from when the old firm had been to Rugby Park that season. Um, so unbelievable day, twenty-five degrees. Pitch was magnificent. Up against up against the best players in the league at the time, up against the best manager that junior football has ever seen. What? By the way, I, see, see, be honest with you, right? We probably deserve to win. See, come out when we have twenty minutes to go. Five minutes after, I've been through. I've been through. I'd buy one of them in the halfway line, and I'd found myself through and go, and probably hit it too early. Go to the post and thought, you know what? This is gone now. Um, they've they've scored a terrible goal. It wasn't even an effort in goal. It was a deflected trundler almost that came for a throw in the right hand side of the pitch. And then we missed a glorious chance with five minutes to go. So probably should have won it. But but see, at that point in time, again, I was saying, we had a first division team. We guys that, guys that probably didn't really know what was going on, right? Whereas Talbot had Marlin. Spence, Pettigrew, Youngie, guys who had maybe won two or three or four competitions by that time and won the league three or four, just knew how he got all the line, eh? um, and that told that told in the day. But what a day, honestly, what a day after it up to the Clyde bike. What a, what a day! I'll not I'll not really forget that day. It's probably the best the best day they have had in football. To be honest with you, what a day! What. Massive respect for Clyde Bank as a club because I know how much it must be tough for the committee because they've always got, as, as I say, the, the fans, they always see themselves as a senior football club, all the hardcore fans. I mean, a guy's taking their caps off and Clyde Bank tattoos in their chest, Clyde Bank tattoos in their legs, just unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. I'm thinking, this is more passionate than what, I, what it was when I was playing with the senior clubs that I was playing with. So, big, big respect to the club and all. Albeit I've not been back in a wee while, but you still still look at for how they're doing and still speak to some of the committee members. But see after that, see after that, I kinda I kinda chucked it a wee I chucked it for a few years. I went to Rob Roy. Chose the wrong move. I went to Rob, Rob Roy under John Richardson. They say I came off the, the, the cup final. He's really fit. Few clubs after me, picked the wrong club, um, then chucked it. Chucked why, it. Why, why was it the wrong club? Just, just there was um, the changing room. The changing room was populated with with a lot of guys who 
were maybe were maybe um, in my opinion were probably coming to the end of their career. Um, I hope John doesn't mind me for saying this if he hears it. Um, John was a bit of a hothead at that point, and I was a I was a hothead. That's not what I needed at that point. I, I didn't need that, um, and. It, it just it just never went the right way for me. So I, I just I realised after a month or two or three, maybe even three months that right, my business life is kicking into play now. I don't need junior football anymore. Is it going to get any better? I've played senior football. I've played in the Scottish Cup. And it, it really, see, at that point, it was done for me. I, I was finished with the game completely. Um, I think, what was the next club? Was the next club St Anthony's, Gareth? Yeah, you, you had a spell out, you had three months out, and then you went back to St Anthony's and then on to Beath. Right, so what happened? What happened there? Believe it or not, St Anthony's, St Anthony's, Wee James Cotter, I don't know if you know him, Paul Gardner, I don't right. know if you know him. He used to deliver food to the burger van, which was outside my, my office, right? So I'm coming for a <coughs> burger lunch every morning. I'll get Wee James in here saying, come on you, come on you, get back, get your boots back on. I'm saying, James, I'm done, my legs, my legs, I'm no fit, and whatever he says. He says, do me a favour. Give me a month for you. Give me a month for you, right? If I can't get you fit in a month, just apply yourself properly for a month. If I can't get you fit in a month, fine. I said, how much you paying me? He says, nothing. Right? But I looked at this. They don't pay wages, right? But I looked at this was when things changed for me, right? This things changed for me with St. Anthony's, right? Because I'd been one of these guys where every time you go to speak to a club, what are you looking for, Chris Hunnicott, right? I get them the new day to me. What are you looking for? 100 quid a week. Right? There's all the players are 100 quid a week players, right? And I was one of them, right? Mm-hmm. Things changed for me at St. Anthony's because see, when I went to St. Anthony's, I looked at I looked at a group of players who were turning up the training Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday for a game. I looked at the committee who were putting everything in. I looked at the pitch, magnificent. And I just looked at so many humble people who were just there to play football, right? And, and 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 run a junior cup and none of them were taking any money and I thought and I was lucky again because I had my own business at the time I thought you know what I'm going to give this a go right this guy this guy evidently needs my help right he's on me every day so he got me super fit he, he genuinely got me super fit um, played half a season with him in that league scored 20 Five goals in half a season, and Beef bought me for four and a half grand. Right, so through him, through him talking to me at the burger van and paying me any money, right, he's just raised his football. He just raised his football club four and a half thousand pound. Right, I thought I didn't even, I never even wanted to leave. I didn't want to leave. I was happy. I played in the Premier League. I didn't want to date anymore. Right. But I couldn't, I couldn't finger him with that money. Actually, he actually beef bid three grand or something, right? Beef bid three grand. And I remember speaking to John Ball, right? You're going through to John Ball. He's the main man in there. I says, John, I'm not leaving. I said, Anthony's right. He stayed convinced John Ball to bid four grand, right? And I spoke to Cotter and I says to me, Cotter, I says, James, this money's getting a wee bit. This will do a lot for the club. He's will be able to fix the changing rooms. He's will be able to get the part. Ken, I'll be able to get the part, the stuff for the farmer, for the part and all that. So I think he should maybe take this. I says, he says, oh, Chris, I want you to stay, right? We're doing your drossing in the League Cup on the Saturday. Uh, if I play, I'm cup-tied. If I play, I'm cup-tied, right? There's a four grand bid. And if I, I say, James, I'm going to play, right? I'm going to play, right? You just need me, right? You have been brilliant with me. Score the hat trick against the drossing down there, right? And then the Monday, I says to James, see if I can get you four and a half grand. Will you take the money? He says, I think the club would. So I says to John Bow at the time, John, you've offered me 80 quid a week, right? I think all the players were on 80 quid a week. Take it down to 60 quid a week and give St. Anthony's the other 500 quid. Give him four and a half grand and I'll move. We used to be desperate to get me, right? Um, so they'd done it. They'd done it. But I'd played in the Scottish Cup. I'd played in the League Cup. I was cup tied for all the cup competitions. A month into it, Easty got sacked, right? Now, Easty had fallen out with Kenny McLean and was having a disagreement with Andy Reid. And Easty was fighting against these two guys who were big personalities, it'd be good players, right? 
and they were running the changing room. And Eastie's think to himself, the only way I'm going to survive here is if I get these two at the door and bring my strikers in. But the guy who was, uh, Frank Lynch, was a manager before Eastie, who had a great relationship with these guys. Eastie gets sacked. John brought Frank Lynch back to the club, which means Frank Lynch is going to go with Andy Reid, Kenny McLean. Trying to fit me in, but didn't really, didn't really, couldn't find a way because we were playing cup competitions every three weeks and I'm cup tied, right? And uh, I'd said, to, I'd said to the club, away, this is not working out. This is not working out. How do you know send me back to St Anthony's? How do you know send me back to St Anthony's? And um, they went, well, I've just paid four and a half grand for you six months ago. St Anthony's in the league, he's four and a half grand. And I'm saying, St Anthony's have no goal four and a half grand, right? And I, I kid you not, do you know what they've done? And this is terrible for me, right? This is, this was, it was really bad for me, right? They were running the fans and collected four and a half grand. The fans chucked in four and a half grand to bring me back. So there's another four and a half grand move back to me. Right, so. It's also one more move than I had down here, Chris. That makes it 17 now, I think. Back to St. Anthony's, back to St. Anthony's, mate. Right? This is where it gets really bad. This is where it gets really bad, right? And I'm no scared to tell this story because there's only, there's only, there's only, there's only transparency and honesty. I've not really getting to lose anymore. So we, um, we decide because they, because they were non-contract, right? Because their contracts were non-contract and they couldn't, they couldn't, because they weren't paying you, they couldn't contract you. You're a non-contract player, right? Because they were spending four and a half grand to bring me back, they wanted me to sign what would have been a year and a half deal. So we'd finish that season and take on the next season. But they couldn't officially do it because they weren't paying me any money. So I had to sign a non-contract till the end of the season and then sign another non-contract from the end of the, the start of the new season for the next season. So back to St Anthony's, again, doing well, gets myself fit again. And Peter Sol phoned me. Peter Sol phoned me. Is that your next move you've got on that piece of paper there? Yeah. Yeah, just checking, right? Because Peter Sol phoned me, right? And we always says to me, Big man, you're free agent at the end of the season. Right, no. When I'm looking at this stuff on the SFA, your contract's over the end of the season. I want to take you into the, I want to take you back to the Premier League. For whatever reason, man, I should never have done this. I agreed to move. But bear in mind, I've already signed the following season for St Anthony's, but they can only register it when, when it opens back up. So the two of them now, the two clubs, have got a contract for me, right? So I've got to write, right? I've got to write to Sandy Bryson and tell him two clubs are going to put a contract in for me. I want you to register this one. So I'm sitting going, I want to go back and play in the Premier League again. My head's messed, right? But I've got the St. Anthony's fans that have bought me for four and a half grand. And I chose Peter Sill. But again, right? Not a lot of people know this, right? Again, any Peter Sill, 25 goals by November. Four hat tricks in 10 games, right? Right? Check all his figures and stats in there, right? We draw St. Anthony's in the first round of the Scottish Cup. <laughs> They're standing at the gates waiting me coming. The old dears, the grandest, the grandest. We draw them away at St. Anthony's in the first round of the Scottish Cup. I'm going, no way. Picks up the programme. Number 10, unknown. They wouldn't even put my name in the programme. It's <laughs> five minutes, big man. Bang, go. Silence, straight. You scored. Five minutes into the game, so I started going mental, right? Mental. So, Vegas up 2-1, I guess a penalty. I hit it, missed. <laughs> but we scored in the last minute to make it two each, right? And I've got a printing company in this time, right? I'm, I'm, on, I'm on my printing company. Goes to a wee place in, at, at Petersell Park. I print off a T-shirt that says to the boys, look at this, right? I've got a T-shirt saying... Does anybody know my name? Because he'd put me, because he'd, he'd put me in as unknown in the program. <laughs> Big man, first ten minutes, bang, go right up to the Andy Smash T-shirt. Up. Does anybody know my name? But listen, just just head head to a sand man. Um, 
Mental, mental. Mad stuff, right? Try hang, try hang with that. That was it for me to go bonus after that. Uh, did you not? Uh, yeah, you did. Yeah, bonus, bonus so, next, and then and then Arthurly. Couple, couple years out. Few, few family issues. Few family issues. Go to Christmas and scored twenty odd goals. Said to, said to me, Wally. Family issues. Uh, can't play for the rest of the season, Wally. Um, spent the thing the next season. I never played. Um, and Alan McGonagall phoned me from Bonus and says to me, uh, I think I'm 30 or something at this point. Can't run. Can't run, right? 30 and 16 stone just with muscle and that. He says to me, I need a target, man. I says, I have man. Give a break. He says, can you do it for me? I says, aye, why no? A, let me get a wee cracker. I've never played through there. Never played through these Bonus in a big club. I'm thinking, they I just won the league in 2013-2014. Some of that and knew a couple of players we damn driven and that. But I'm going to go through here. But through here, by the way, the, the standard of players that they had, unbelievable. Probably the best group of players that I'd seen in a junior club. Players were unreal. And I used to travel through with Stevie Kerrigan. And Stevie Kerrigan says to me, I remember speaking to Stevie at that point saying, Do you know what? I've made an arse in my football career. I, I, I think I'm going to be, I think I'm going to want to coach and be a manager and try and make up for all the shit that I've done. Try and get a wee bit back and I'm more interested in that now and I say, this is going to be my last season. Um, Stevie ended up getting offered the Arthur job. Because we were travelling through, we'd struck up a wee bit of relationship. He was looking for somebody to kind of play and coach and, and he'd obviously had the conversations with me. He says, would you fancy it, big man? And, uh, that's how I, that's how I ended up. I initially ended up at Arthur as a as a player a assistant, and then Stevie chucked it, took over for three games as manager just to help them out. Rob Roy at home, Hurlford away, Cowan and Rangers away, won the freedom. Kamiti says to me, eh, "Take on at the end of the season." I thought I'm only thirty one. I think. I thought big club. How can I say no to this? Decided to hang my boots up, took over, and then get the offered me the job in the summer. Um, wiped the decks in there because do you know what it was in there? Do you know what it was with that group of players? They had uh, they had seen me as a thirty year old, thirty one year old player. Number of them were probably better than me at that point. Uh, I wasn't good enough to be playing at that level anymore. To be honest with you, I wasn't fit. Um, they just had no respect for me. I just felt as if I just felt as if I was a, I'm too young for this, right? I've not got enough respect for me. I'm either going to have to go, but the committee want me to stay, or the players are going to need to go. So I thought, you know what? I'm not going because this is a great opportunity for me. I go to the right people around about me. I built a squad of players, which I thought was a good squad of players. Started the season and a wee bit of, had a wee bit of hard luck with injuries on the strikers got injured. Um, and the reason why I left Affiliate is because uh, in for a well, it's supposed to be training on a Saturday morning. I don't have ever told us that. It's supposed to be training on a Saturday. No, we had a game on a Saturday morning. I was supposed to play in Glen Afton at home. Game cancelled because it's raining. The pitch water logged. So the committee said to me, What are you doing? What are you doing with the players? Uh, we would like you to get, they're struggling at this point because we've went like seven or eight weeks without a game. I says, uh, we would like you to give the, the, the players a, a weekend off. I says, that's fine, that's cool. So I goes to the captain and says, come on, come on, why give you a weekend off? Captain, first thing the captain says to me is, are we getting paid? I said, I don't know, I need to ask that question. So I was on the phone to Stuart, who was the chairman at the time, I says, please, I want to get paid if you want them off. He says, tell them to come in then. I says, we'll, we'll be fine coming in. They come in, you need to pay them. So anyway, with a, a wee bit of thought, I says, he said, we're going to hold a meeting. So, so it turns up, they hadn't organised, they hadn't organised any training facilities for me, pushing her in. So I send the players away in a road run. Um, I send the players away in a road run and I'm having a meeting with the committee. And I had the tea lady without showing any disrespect uh, a few other committee guys being a bit critical of some of the squad, trying to identify some players that I should be signing. I thought, we have a minute here. We have a minute here, right? I put a bit of my endorsement in the club. 
was paying for away buses, I was paying for strips, etc. I thought, you know what? I don't need this now. People in the committee try to tell me this guy's no good enough and this guy's. So I resigned on the spot. Um, when I resigned, when I resigned that day, so Saturday they, they tried to speak, talk me into staying on a Sunday. Um, and then they appointed a new manager and kind of been hold for that point. Do hold for that point. And then, and then this is what that's when a few years later I find myself at Falkes. That's that's how I've ended up here. I, I did apply for a couple of jobs through the West, but. Just on, just on that career that you have there, all the mistakes that I made, they were holding me back to getting a job in the West. I knew that, right? I knew that. Um, my commitment levels were shite, right? Excuse the French. Um, so they, they were, they were stopping me for getting interviews, and I made the decision that the next job that I apply for is going to be through in the East, right? Because they don't have a, they don't have an opinion of me through there, and I can get through there and. Get a club who are going to give me a give me a proper chance, give me the proper reins, and so Faltus, the Faltus job came up, spoke to them, told them what I was looking for in terms of uh, the running of the club, and they've been magnificent with me. They really have. Um, I've got so much gratitude for the way they've treated me, what they've get given me, and and I only see positive things happening. Um, anybody who anybody who you speak to now in terms of Chris Mackey, the coach or the manager, I'm not sure anybody works as hard as uh, this is what I do. Um, I'm in a I'm in a position now in my life where I have a lot of time in my hands, all that spare time is into my football club, um, and they'll tell you that. So the new journey begins. I, I move on. I try and I try and establish myself as as best a coach as I possibly can, and try and make the right decisions that that bring success to Faltus and try and move on for them. Yes, Paul. <laughs> How does the manager Chris Mackey deal with the the player Chris Mackey? So you see them, you see them come out your change room. You you openly admitted the guy comes in just says, "How much am I getting? How does how do you deal with that?" He wouldn't last two minutes for me, mate. He wouldn't last two minutes for me. He would, he would be binned within a heart. In fact, he wouldn't even get anywhere near my football club. Because see, see before, see before I sat down with him, I'd have spoke to umpteen people in regards to him. I would have assessed his character. I would, and see, see the feedback that I would have gotten myself for back then. He wouldn't have been anywhere near my football club, mate. Um, but you know as well, mate, and you, and you know as well as I do. Football managers back then, you need goals as a manager, and and see to be honest with you, the ones that the, the clubs would have delivered, I delivered a lot of goals, mate. Um, just for some reason, people kept taking a chance on me. But as a manager, as a manager, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have a Chris Mack in my changing room. And and, and that's not to say, that's not to say, and because the lot, because everybody will tell you this, never caused anybody any problems. Um, quiet in the changing room. I was always quiet. I never, I wasn't allowed in the changing room. I wasn't, uh, never really cast an opinion. In fact, people, people that I played, played with, struggle to see how I can coach and manage. But I'm a totally different. Listen, I'm 36 years of age now. I've got my young kids and my family and my business. I'm a totally different guy. Um, and I like to think that I've learned from my mistakes. And I like to think that. Some of the players that are coming across my, my bows now, I can help because of the decisions that I made back then. There's no much of see this at this level in football. When you just look at the clubs that I've played at, the amount of teammates that I've had, and the amount of managers that I've come across, and the amount I mean there'll nobody a junior team that I've nowhere played at. There's nothing that'll present itself to me, right? In any league in the juniors, I don't know about. There's a lot of it's a huge bank of knowledge there. Which I have to try and apply and try and dig into and, and help me moving forward. But I have, well, I've got, as usual, I've got my ideas. I know how I want the thing to look. Um, I'm very much professional in terms of my setup. Um, we're coaches, we're on the grass with the players, we're all about improving players. Uh, I want to do things right, mate. Um, and I've got certain standards now as a person and as a, as a manager that. Anybody who's anywhere near or close to coming away from it, then they'll just still be about me. Um, so, 
Um, and, the, and, and the players that I work with know that. They know that. Um, so, that's where we're at. <clears throat> when, I mean, I think Paul asked a question a bit at the start there of this section. When, when, did, when did the penny drop? And, and would you have benefited from a manager trying to help you? Or do you think you were at the stage back then that you wouldn't have listened anyway, even if they'd tried helping you? I think I think when you have, I think when you have the characters like the way I was in terms of what my mindset was at that point in time, it's very very difficult to understand. It's very it's, it would be hard for people to understand. Um, whether I felt if somebody maybe put their arm around my shoulder, I, I don't know because I was so single minded. I was so single minded. I kept taking different journeys in my in my life at that point in time where. Uh, to answer your question, probably probably no. I, I don't even know whether they've. I don't even think they'd have knew where to start. Um, I think I was quite a big. I think it was most of these clubs, especially in the early days, where where I where I was quite talented actually. The the I think the managers the managers would have they maybe not have knew how to approach that. I think they were probably maybe a wee bit overawed, maybe, with that situation, but I don't know, I don't know, you would have to probably ask them on that, mate, but, um, listen, the, the, the playing career for me, the playing career for me is, I'm understood now, it's, uh, as a manager, and trying to, trying to be the best version of myself, that I can be, um, listen, I, I, I played, again, I'm going to say this, I played at some good clubs, I managed to, I managed to play senior, I managed to score quite a lot of goals. I managed to play in the top leagues and the juniors, cup finals. Um, worked with a lot of good guys and good managers. Again, I just the only regret that I wish that I have is I wish that I had. I wish that I had the attitude now that now. Um, I wish that I had that attitude that I have now back then. Um, because things could have been a lot different. Um, you don't you don't make those. See the moves that I made. You don't make the moves and you don't play for the clubs and you don't get the opportunities if you've not got something about you. I must have been not a bad player, so I just wish that I had to get more out of my career than what I actually did. So moving on, Chris, what do you want from Faltes? Where do you see your passion so clear? You obviously, yep. you, you, you touched on, you, you know what you want, you got your vision. What is that? How does that landscape look for Faltes next season? I stood in the changing room. I stood in the changing room Saturday morning when I when I grouped my players for the first time, old players and new players. Uh, sorry, existing players and new players. See for me, see for me, all or nothing this season, mate. Um, and I'm no I'm no scared to say it. And I know one of my one of my mates says to me, "You sure you've done the right thing there? Time will tell if it's the right thing, right?" But I need to be honest with the players. I ain't putting all this in if they don't put it all in back, right? And I know with the quality of the players that I've got, if they approach if they approach it properly, take on the information and they apply what we're looking to apply for the for the, the coaching staff, then we'll do all right. Now, all right for me is finishing the top two. That's 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 bare minimum for me. Um, looking at looking in terms of the club, as I said, he's away back at the start. The club was disconnected from everything. It was all over the place when we first got in. It's now sorted. There now is a solid foundation at Faltish United. Financially, they're good. Um, the under-20s are going to start this season. We have a great playing squad, in my opinion. Um, the committee are, are settled. So, the only way is up. Now, it's up to me now and up to my players to deliver. So, moving forward, hopefully... We can finish ourselves in the top two and we start ratcheting ourselves pretty quickly up through these leagues because that's that's the only thing um, I'm interested in. No here to mock about, Paul. Great stories there from Chris. Paul? Fantastic. He's certainly a character in the game and, uh, yeah, he's uh, not uh, shy in, in giving his opinion and, <laughs> and listen, it's what the viewers want to hear and, you know, he's a type of character that, that, that the game needs. Hi, my name is David Bakey. I'm the chairman of Tayport Football Club and you're listening to Down the Divisions.
Maybole this week released a new club song. Mon the Bowl was written by local musician Davy Anderson, and I'm pleased to say Davy's on the line just now. Davy, thanks for joining us. I'm very pleased to be on, Gareth. Thanks for inviting me onto the show. Well, we we did a song, we did a club song way back, I think, in episode one. So we're on episode 61 now. So we thought it's about time to get a bit more music, <laughs> a bit more music on the show. So t- tell us, tell us about Mon the Bowl and the and the reason for for bringing bringing this out and writing it. Yeah, well, obviously they approached me, the committee, and my good friend Martin Bowen, they all kind of asked me um, to see if I could write a song uh, for the 75 years of the club. And, uh, yeah, I obviously uh, enjoy a bit of football myself. um, And I went with a bit of history of the town as well, so obviously 75 years, a long time. But the Mabel webpage is very good uh, on the football team, so I managed to get a lot of information off of there. And there was uh, articles from, uh, there was a guy called Andrew H. McCorkendale, and it was all about building the stadium and things. An immense amount of hard work went on, and obviously still goes on at the club. Um, And yeah, Mabel is famous uh, in years gone by for making boots and shoes. That was one of the main um, industries in the town. And um, there there was a, a, a rhyme going about from one of the factories. I'll not name the factory because it, it might still be in operation. And it basically says, um, Mabel, that's the place where they make boots and shoes. That's the, ma- that's the place, sorry, where the women all booze. And you'll go and you'll go and you'll go and you'll go whether you like it or no. You'll get no employment from beep employment. So cheer up my lads, off you go. So I based the song around about that. Um, and I will credit that when it, when the song uh, does come out. So, um, yeah, it's quite an up-tempo song. And it's more historical uh, about the town as well as the football club there, uh, Gareth. Brilliant. So so this is, I mean, it's obviously come out this week. Are the club going to play this before the, the players run out before games? Is yeah, that I, th- I think so. Um, I think Martin Bone, uh, Martin Bone, they're very um, lucky to have Martin Bone on board there. He was an ex-player, but he he's a professional filmmaker and he does a lot of music interviews, goes to concerts and things. Um, he's made a, a, a film uh, about that. So I believe that's out this week. And he, he told me that the single will be out on the 10th of July. Uh, right. And that, that'll be available on my band camp. And if, if people download that, they will support the football club at the same time. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll obviously include a link to that in the, the show notes, which uh, which you can get accompanying this uh, this episode. Um, That's great, Gareth. Thanks for that. And and I mean, it's the 75th anniversary of, of the of the club as well. It's uh, it's kind of quite a it's quite an honour, you know, to, to kind of have something to, to do like this, to do, to do something like this. And how how long does it take to write a song like this? This one took uh, quite some time because um, I I really wanted to get it right for the guys, you know. Um, there's so many players that to name one player you would have had to named maybe fifty or a hundred. Um, some of them I went to school with, now, so you didn't want to leave MD out. So um, I, I wrote it more about the, it was more historical, you know. Uh, some of the lyrics in it um, are more historical, so the, the, we don't really mention the actual players in it because you know you just can't do that. Um, <laughs> but it's more about the the club supporting uh, everybody and. and you know, maybe getting some new fans into the stadium uh, as well. I right, going back to writing it, you know, it, it probably took me, this was a more difficult one because I was challenged by, you know, I didn't come out my own head. So it took a couple of months, I would say, Gareth, to write this. But uh, I did it. I have, I do enjoy the, the finished product and it's quite up-tempo. There's drums, bass guitar and lead guitar in it. And hopefully, uh, yeah, they can sing it on the bylines. <laughs> <laughs> We, we we had uh, Mabel's uh, manager Carla Walker on a few uh, a few months ago now. Yes. Um, it's it's fair to, well it's fair to say he's he's a certainly a hardworking. Aye. I mean his, his his title is manager, but I think um, he does a a lot more than just uh, put a team Aye. out on a Saturday. But yeah. he's obviously a larger than life character as well. Have you had many dealings with him? You know over, over this process. No, not yet. No, I've been dealing with Martin Bone mostly. Um, but I was doing it at the stadium on Saturday morning. We were doing a bit of uh, filming down there, so it was a great experience. It was a lovely morning. 
And just to get the guitar round the neck again is it was good because you know I'm usually out gigging and things. I've been stuck in a studio, which is good at times, but it's it's good to have a bit of uh, people interaction. So even getting now we're doing some uh, filming in the centre circle with Martin with the drone and things like that. So and and I was playing on the pitch. So just to get playing the guitar outside again, it was just fantastic. Yeah. So hopefully I'll meet Carlo sometime. So just a reminder, people can people can download this on my Bandcamp. Uh, well, is that- it's it's a Bandcamp, and it's uh, just search for Davy Anderson. But I'll send you the link, Gareth. You yeah. can maybe add it. Super. Well, we'll uh, we'll play. We'll we'll hear a bit of the uh, the song just now. Uh, thanks thanks very much again for coming on the show, Davy. We uh, wish you wish you well with the success of this song. Thanks, Gareth. Hi, I'm Paul Maxwell, manager of Ashfield Football Club, and you're listening to Down the Divisions. Superb, before we finish up, we'll clear up the Down the Divisions decider. Just a reminder of the clues, we're looking for the club who had a major biscuit manufacturer as one of its biggest sponsors over the years. Their fans have several nicknames, one of which is the Shed Boys. They moved ground in the 50s after their original home was bought by the Caterpillar Tractor Company and their current ground is named after their original lawyer. Right, Paul, you kind of, you went between looking puzzled and then thinking you might have got it. No, yeah, I mean, so I thought it was Albion Rovers because at one time they were, I think they had something to do with tonics and they had a strip like tonics. And I'm going through all the biscuit factories. Uh, you like the biscuit, to be fair, don't you? I, I'm no shy to a biscuit, as you can tell. Uh, <laughs> and then McVitie's, they were in there in Glasgow, and uh, but then I can't think of the ground of somebody's name. So I think of the button buttons have got a, a biscuit place in Edinburgh, haven't they? Uh, is there a biscuit I've no mentioned here? Uh, I'm buying for time here. Are you a biscuit man yourself? Not so much. I thought you'd have been a chocolate digestive man yourself. Oh, I I'm quite partial to one of them. Uh, uh, only one? Just one. I always have that. I always have a club biscuit with my, with my cup of tea and a, and a, and a chocolate digestive. <laughs> right, Paul, you're, you're stalling here. You're stalling. stalling. I'm waffling. Uh, Oh, that's another biscuit, the waffle. So no, nah, the waffle. Is, is, is it a biscuit, though? <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, right, let me think. Teams round about Oddingston, Tonics. I'll give you a fifth clue. New oh. Means United have, have, have played them in the last, certainly in the last uh, two years. Right, New Means United have played them. Oh, I'm going to go Thorny with United. I don't know why. You've pulled it. You've you've, you've saved uh, the day. You've saved the day. Again, the closest to Oddingston and Tunnels. But I don't know the name of their ground. What's their ground called? So I'll go in in, in order. Uh, Tunnels were the did sponsor them and were a big backer for 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 several years. Uh, the fans are also known as the Woodites or the Woodies, but that might have given it away. Uh, they moved from Thorn Park in 1957 to their current ground today, which is called Robertson Park, and it's named after. The lawyer, uh, John Robertson, who was quite um, quite at the front of a lot of the sort of the, the starting up of the club when they started up. Um, so you always seem to do that. You just kind of. Oh, it was more geographical, but then I'm actually thinking of a name like John Smith. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. So there you go. But I've guessed it, and I have pulled it out of the bag. That's yet again. Up. Yet again. Well done. Well, we're taking a week's break uh, next week. I'm taking a motorhome around North Wales. Paul, what are you up to? Working Garth, what else do I always do? Yeah. If it's not work, it's New Mains United. Oh, in fact, it's probably more New Mains United than work in that, in that order. Finding a goalkeeper? Finding a goalkeeper, yeah. Uh, and uh, Mrs Davis is obviously uh, not too long ago now before uh, we have our child, so she's finishing up work next week. So. All right. So no, getting, no, no getting away after next week then? No, that's it. Superb. Thanks to our sponsors, 44 Creative. Uh, go to www.44creativehq.com if you're looking for a photographer, graphic designer, videographer, or video editor. And don't forget, you can get in touch with us with your comments or suggestions for people to speak to 
or if you'd like your club's audio featured on the show. Our email address is downthedivisions at gmail.com. That's downthedivisions at gmail.com. Or you can get in touch via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Do leave a comment, which helps others find us, and subscribe to get alerts when our latest episode is released. We'll be back a week on Friday on Down the Divisions. Down the Divisions.